ladies very much. Very much. Yeah, I remember one day because it had five verses in it. I mean, boy, I, you know what I did one time? I think I shared this with you, but I'll tell you again because you probably forgot. A long time ago, back in good old Cobden days, what I did was one time, I preached one day. And we, would, we sang a verse, and I preached about it. Then we'd pause and sing another verse, and I preached about it. It was a long sermon that day. <laughs> and then, anyway, it was really kind of cool. So maybe one day we'll do that. No pun intended. One day we'll do that here. All right? Go, yeah. Huh? <laughs> now, Terry. Now, Terry. Luke chapter 19 tonight. Luke chapter 19. Verses 28 through 40. This is kind of a Bible study. I told Jesus there are a couple of really good key thoughts here. And I think probably the best way to describe this Scripture, it's a wonderful Scripture. You're going to recognize it, what happens right away. Uh, you're going to understand all that. But there really are just some key words here I think I'd like to focus on. It's kind of like when you, when you sing a song, you know, and you grab words from it. You know, I love this, this song that we sang last, All I Have is Christ. That is my favorite song. I mentioned that, I think, Wednesday night last week. You know, when I talk about my hell-bound race. I'm running my hellbound race. And, and that's what Jesus delivered us from. And so much more. Amen? A- amen? And so much more. So much more. And that's why we should be so grateful for what holds the end. So we're going to grab a few words, okay, from different verses here as we go along and then teach a couple major teachings there toward the end. Alright? So Luke chapter 19, verse 28, simply starts off by saying this, and when he had said, here we go, these things. Now this is important. You always look back to these things. Do you remember what these things were? It was the king who delivered minus to, to ten people, one minus each, and said, do business while I'm gone. It's a great parable about the guy who did, and he got one and got ten, and one got five, and one guy buried it, and how he had to face the judgment and consequences for that. And it's a great parallel for us, and really it's a story about us. But, you know, Jesus has left. Amen? He's gone back to earth, and He's left us to do business. Okay? And He's entrusted with us Mayas. He's entrusted with us stewardship of our lives, our talents, our abilities. And we're to do business, kingdom business, while He's gone. So important that we do kingdom business and not just business. But the other really important connection here is that word king. The word king. Because it's finally going to happen. Really, I have the note, and I'll go ahead and give it to you, uh, note on verse 36, but this is it. It's really hard to imagine, but we are now five days away from Friday. This is Sunday. This is Palm Sunday in the book of Luke. And Jesus is going to be tried Thursday and crucified Friday of this week. So these are the last five or six days of His life before He resurrects on Thursday. That's the setting He has. And finally, He's coming into Jerusalem as King. They, there were times he wanted before to make them king. He said, don't tell anyone what I've done for you because he could not afford to be taken king before the time was there because God had a plan and God had a time. The time is now. And so he's preparing to enter Jerusalem now as the Messiah, now as their king. And so the Bible says, we had said these things, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. Now remember, Jerusalem means death. Jerusalem means suffering. And yet he willingly embraced that because that was his purpose and his call. Lesson for us tonight. Our purpose and call is to serve God. 
So we should willingly embrace whatever that means. We should willingly embrace whatever it means because that is our call and purpose. Once we are born again into the kingdom of God, our purpose changes. Before God, our purpose changes. Our purpose was to get what you can get, do what you want to do, whatever's my gig. Okay? After Jesus Christ, it changes. He, we're born again, obviously, but we're born again in a new way in our purpose. And our purpose is to bring glory to God through our lives. That's not a purpose. It is the purpose of our lives. And He willingly embraced, and we should willingly embrace. We continue on verse number 29. And as He approached Bethage and Bethany, two small towns about a mile apart outside of Jerusalem, at the place called the Mount of Olives, now this is interesting, He sent two of His disciples and said, Go into the village ahead of you. Okay? As you enter it, you will find a young donkey. Now, the significance of Jesus Christ riding on a donkey is found in, in Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 9 and 10. Okay? The Messiah is announced as coming as king on a donkey. So this is all, this is part of God's plan most certainly. And what I'm fixing to read to you, just so you'll know, is that part of people believe, Charlie, that God, that Jesus had prearranged this, the donkey business, all that. Some people believe, no, he had foreknowledge of it because he was the Son of God. I kind of fall into that camp. It doesn't matter either way. It doesn't matter. The important thing is that Jesus knew the importance that he go riding as king in Jerusalem on a back of a colt, on the back of a donkey, because of Zechariah 9, 9 and 10. So he, so he sent them to send a fine, a young donkey there, tied there, and he says this, on which no one has ever sat. Now, now, where's my friend Dwight? Now, Dwight, do you reckon and suppose that if no one ever sat on it, it'd be just a little bit wild? Do you reckon? But now, now this is so cool because again, the picture is here's an animal that is not used to having anyone sit on its back, and yet Jesus sits on its back. Jesus tames the wild. If there's any hope for our wild hearts, any change for our wild world, it is the one who can tame the wild, and that's what Jesus did. But there's also a beautiful picture of this too. You know, Old Testament taught that nothing that's been used for the ordinary can be used for the sacred. Nothing used for the ordinary could be used for sacred. It was so important that he have a colt that had never been used to plow a field, never been used for the common thing, because it's for royalty. It's for the king. It is a sacred calling on this young donkey's life. Nothing ordinary that's been used for ordinary can be used for the sacred. He said, you're a finest donkey on which no one has ever sat, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to untie it and bring it here. I want you to untie it and bring it here. Now, now let, me, let me just kind of give you... See, let me give you an idea of what this means. This means that I'm talking to Steve one day and said, Hey, Steve, I want you to go down five blocks and sitting there is going to be a car. I want you to get the car, get in it, and the keys are going to be in it. I want you to crank it up and bring it here. And Steve goes, Dwayne, I think that call that grand larceny. Now... At the onset, okay, that basically, these boys are being asked to steal a donkey if we stop right there. But he doesn't stop there. He says, now, listen to this. 
If anyone asks you, foreknowledge of God, if anyone asks you, why are you untying it, say this, the Lord needs it. He knew that there'd be someone there and say, hey, where are you going with my donkey? The Lord needs it. And you know what? That was enough. That was enough. Let me ask you a question. Here's one of those little snippets. Is it enough that the Lord needs it for you? What is it that you own? What is it that you are? That if God said the Lord needs it, and you said, you can't have my donkey, it's my donkey. What is it in your life today that you have that if God asked you for it, you say no? It was enough of these owners, and we don't know, you could, again, you could buy it, Charlie, you could buy into the plan that Jesus had this all figured out, and that, that there was a code word, and that they, the boys went there and said, you know, we're getting the donkey, and when they said the Lord needs it, the owners knew, oh, okay, this is for Jesus. Most likely, by this time, in this area, Jesus is well known. And when they, and the, when they said the Lord needed it, they knew who the Lord was. And it was enough. And I want to encourage us tonight. As we're stretching ourselves and growing, I hope you're feeling that way with the messages on going and doing and giving, all those different things. I hope you're, you're being stretched. And I would hope that you would think tonight and go, okay, God, my donkey's tied up outside. And if you need it, it's yours. And I don't know what your donkey looks like. I don't know if it looks like a clock or a calendar or a checkbook or a talent or ability or whatever it is. But I hope you'd be willing to say, or Holly, you're sitting there and you're young tonight. Do you know you're young? You're, you know what your donkey is? Your future. Your future. You know, a lot of our futures are behind us. Yours is still before you. Lord willing. Come on, amen? Your donkey's in the past, if your future you're talking about. Some of y'all, it's really in the past. Oh. <laughs> Alright? So, the Lord needs it. Is that enough? Verse 32. Now, now get this. This is one of those little snippets. So, those who were sent left. I like it. It says five words with me. Those who were sent left. One more time. Those who were sent left. Did you know that's what we were talking about this morning? We were the sent ones. The question is, have we left? I mean, these guys were called, these guys needed, they were called out of their comfort zone. They're saying, I want you to go in and get this donkey, but, but Jesus, what if they say, no, what if, what if? You just go. And you know what they did? They trusted Jesus. They trusted Jesus that he knew what he was doing, and so they left. And now we're the same ones, and the question are, are we willing to leave? Not Africa. It may be two blocks south. It may be three blocks north. It may be two blocks, whatever direction that is. It may be a talent or ability that we have. But these guys were willing to trust Jesus and they simply left. Question, are you willing to leave? Are you willing to obey? And you know what? They found it just as He had told them. Isn't that amazing? You can trust that when Jesus asks you to do something... You're going to find it just as he said. As they were untying the young donkey, here come the owners. Now, can you get a picture of this? You know, I can, I really knew who the two disciples were. Uh oh, here they come. We've been busted. All right? 
Hey, we're out of the over the donkey. Okay? Oh, the Lord needs it, they said. Enough. Just like Jesus said. Enough. When Jesus calls you outside your comfort zone, trust that when you get there, He would have prepared the way. It will be just as He said, and that is enough. Step out of your comfort zone. Meeting, 10 o'clock, Tuesday, Mercy Corner. Never done it before, Dwayne. Never worked with people before. Jesus needs you. It's enough. Molly, it's enough. Nicaragua, it's enough. On the, on the stage in the choir, it's enough. Teaching a Sunday school class, it's enough. When you get there, you can find me just as he said. Incredible. Well, they brought it to Jesus. And they threw their robes. Now, again, pause on this. Don't, don't just go by this. Now, I've got a closet full of shirts. And a pretty good selection of pants. It would be nothing for me if Betsy was going to get on a donkey. The queen. Okay, we call her Queenie, you know. And so if Queenie was going to get on a donkey and, and she needs something to sit on, I'd go, Psh, i got some shirts. So i get like, like eight, okay, because i got like 20. i get like eight and throw them on the back of your donkey and let you sit on them. These guys didn't have much. Now, how many of y'all think the donkey smelled real good? Oh, now, come on now, Mary. Don't be hard on the little donkey. You think he might have smelled just a little bit? And, and how do you think it smelled after they sweated with Jesus sitting on him? Whoo! Shoot that thing! They gave what they had to Jesus. They were willing to sacrifice. Are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to give what little you have to Jesus because it honors Him? Throwing the robes on the donkey, they helped Jesus get on it. His humanity. And as he was going along, they began spreading their robes on the road. And now he came near the path down the Mount of Olives, and the whole crowd of disciples began to praise God joyfully. So here's the picture now. Here's the picture. He's on this donkey, he's going down, and the crowd gets larger and larger and larger. And the, and the two who take their robes and throw them on the back of the donkey are now joined by, by dozens of other people who begin throwing their robes and allowing this Jesus to walk, the donkey to walk on them as he travels toward Jerusalem. They are caught up in the moment because they recognize this man at that moment as the Messiah, as the King. They, they don't understand all the ramifications of it, but they understand that this is the King coming into Jerusalem and they're caught up in the emotion of the moment and they just start throwing their robes down. See, sometimes the generosity of one or two sparks the generosity of the many. The question is, will you be the one or two? That God will use to spark the generosity of the many. So they took their robes and they began shouting, Hosanna! Blessed be the name of the Lord. They worshipped, praised God joyfully. Question, Lynn, do we? Do you? When, when you gather in your quiet room in the morning, do you worship God? Through, through the day, do you remember to worship God? When you were in this morning's worship service and those songs, the beautiful words of the songs and the truths of the songs began to wash over you, did you worship? 
Did you remember to worship Him? Because you see, that's what that's about. The one, we, the one you guys just sang about. Who laid His life down. Who resurrected. Who's coming back. That Jesus Christ. Did you remember to worship Him this morning? Didn't have to do this. Didn't have to do anything but just lift your heart up to God and say, God, I worship you tonight. And this moment, they did. But the question is, do you? Now watch this, watch this. This is, this is the main teaching. Now he came down, verse 37, He came near the path, down the Mount of Olives, and the whole crowd of disciples, this whole group of people, began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for, here it is, for all the miracles that they had seen. And verse 38, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. And this is what the pilgrims received. That was a common greeting as they come to Passover Jerusalem. Blessed be the a King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. From Psalm 118, at least a portion of that. Now, here's what I want you to get. The worshiping and praising Jesus caught up in the emotion of the moment... And what is the motivation for their praise? The miracles He has performed. What is the motivation of your praise? When are you most more willing to worship and let your worship be known? When you haven't heard from God in a while but when something big happens in your life. When something big happens, right, Charlene? I mean, when God just seems to come through in a big way, you kind of have a tendency to go, Woo! You know, or let me tell you what God did. And we worship Him in that moment. You know what happens later on? You know what happens, Cindy? This very same group of people, a large chunk of them, Todd, a large chunk of them, Five days later, we saying, Crucify Him! Nail Him to the cross! Kill Him! We want Barabbas! Not this man named Jesus. The same people who threw their robes down on Sunday, many will be hollering for His crucifixion on Friday. Why? Because they weren't worshiping Him for who He was, but what He had done. Now, guys, this is huge. If we're not careful, yes, we ought to praise God for what He's done, but if the kingpin, if the linchpin of our worship is, this is what God did for me, you're going to find when you don't think He is doing, you're going to withhold your worship. And as a church, we've got together every Sunday and celebrate. I want the resurrection. Then you have the crucifixion, the resurrection. We've got to celebrate God, Jesus, who He is. And that never changes. Our circumstance change. But Jesus does not. Ooh, you got to burn that in your heart tonight. Burn this in your heart. Remember this. The ones who worshipped Him Friday, or Sunday hollered for His death on Friday because... They were worshiping Him for the miracles. They had seen Barabbas, which we're preaching this week. They had seen a crippled lady for 18 years healed. They had seen a leper made clean. They had seen even Lazarus, the dead, resurrected. And they praised God for that. But they forgot who He was. 
And frankly, I wrote down here the word freedom. Because in their mind, foremost in their mind still, is this king coming, the one who could open blind eyes, the one who could heal a crippled lady, Amanda, the, the one who could raise the dead, was going to set them free from Rome. And that was another reason they praised him. But it wasn't going to happen. Because that wasn't his purpose. He came to set men free. But He did not come to free them from the Roman government. He came to free them from their sin. Now hang on to this. He didn't, Charlie, He didn't come to make your life better. He didn't even promise, Charlie, if you receive Me, I'll give you a better life. He gave you a better life, didn't He? But He'd say you never have a trouble, never have pain, never have a cry. How about you, Dave? Do you ever promise that? Well, you're a preacher. You don't count. We know your life. <laughs> he never promised that, did he? But it's almost like that's the gig we sell. Okay, Jesus, I'm going to receive you, so I expect a better life. You're going to be disappointed. Because in this world, Jesus said, you're going to have tribulation, but be a good cheer, I've overcome the world. No, no. His pur- your purpose for receiving Him was forgiveness of sins to avoid the wrath of God and repentance from your sin because you sinned against holy God. And then you have the incredible privilege of being on the starting five on God's team. That's your purpose. They miss that. They were still hoping for this guy who's going to deliver them from Roman government. Give me a better life. Give me a job. Give me a pay raise. Give me a child. Give me a better marriage. And, and, like, and like the guy who was crippled and got lowered down from the ceiling, he looks down and he says, Your sins are forgiven. He can't walk. Yeah, I know that, but his greatest need is his sins forgiven. And never forget your greatest need was your sins forgiven. Never forget that. Never forget that. So, so here they come, they've seen all the miracles, and they praised him as king. And watch this, verse 39, the Pharisees. Last time, by the way, in Luke, the Pharisees are mentioned. Last time. Some of the Pharisees from the crowd told him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. Now, what's the deal? What's the gig? Rebuke them. Tell them to be quiet. There are two reasons why they said this. First off, they were going to kill him and they didn't want him being proclaimed king. They had a different plan. Jesus was the boat rocker who challenged their authority and challenged their system. Many, not all Pharisees, obviously, many Pharisees hated him and wanted him dead. So the first reason, they didn't want people walking around saying, Yay, Jesus, you're the king, because they're fixing to try to kill him. That would just make it harder. But you know the other thing is? Rome's listening. All the nice and comfortable scribes and Pharisees who have all their rules and all their religion, and they get they make lots of money, they're respected in the community, all they need is for Rome to hear the word king... And they're down on everybody's throat and they're messing with their world. Jesus, tell your people to be quiet because when Rome hears king, they're going to come in and mess up everything. And we don't want our world rocked. You know why some people in Lodema say today, you can talk about God, just don't talk about Jesus. You know why? They don't want their world rocked. You know why America doesn't have a God problem? It's got a Jesus problem? Because Jesus rocks people's world. They're a couple of some cosmic God out in space. What that means, 
But they are not at all comfortable with Jesus. Amen? So tell me quiet. I bet David liked to preach this last verse. You'd probably make a whole message out of it. <laughs> he answered. And this is exactly what it means. He answered, I tell you, if they, if my disciples, if my followers, if the ones who are praising me right now were to keep silent, the stones would cry out. Now, you've got to get the power of this. This is not an allegory statement. This is not him using an illustration. He said, oh, come on, guys. You know, if the people don't, the rocks will. Literally, he meant it. The, the structure of verse 40 is, Jesus says, at this point in my life, as I enter in Jerusalem, I will be praised. And if the people don't, all nature will break loose in the hallelujah course. Amen. You want some, rock, some rocks to do your praising? Huh? See, that's why we got to praise Him. Nature declares, Psalm 95, the, the heavens declare the majesty of God. And God did not create rocks to praise Him. He created us. And I don't want no rock doing my job. Amen? Don't want no rock doing me. I will be praised. Why? Because He is the Lamb of God. He is the King of kings. He is Creator God in the flesh. He is the atonement for our sins. He is our everything. We have to praise Him. We have to. Amen? Bow your heads right there where you are. Oh, thank God for His Word. Just a couple of thoughts for the. Just a couple of thoughts. Is it enough that God said? Take that home in this night. Is it enough? I, I don't know. I don't know what God's going to ask you to do. Dwayne, might He ask me to go to Nicaragua or to Mali or to Niger if that opens back up? Might He ask me to go to China? Might he ask me to go south two blocks? Might he ask me to go to the inner city of Chicago? Might he ask me to go to the Christian Activity Center in East St. Louis? Might he? He might. But, but take this home. When they got there, it was just as Jesus said. When they got there, it was just as Jesus said. And wherever Jesus asked you to go... And whatever Jesus asks you to do, or what He asks you to give, it will be as Jesus said when you get there. That's really cool. Take that home tonight. Remember as you gather yourself in your quiet time of worship. Remember as you read God's Word this week. Remember as we come back on Wednesday night and David leads us in a series of of worshipful songs. That The purpose of that is to help us worship God. And certainly Sunday morning. Um, as we leave these doors, the Bible is very clear from Romans chapter 12 that our worship often takes place outside this building. That our worship is when we're serving others in the Mercy Corner or going to Mali or going two blocks south, whatever it might be. Our worship is that. They worship, will you worship? And what is the motivation for your worship? Remember to worship the King for who He is, not what for He's done. Remember to worship the King for what, for who He is, and not 
only for what He has done. Alright? Now, I don't know what you want to do with this message tonight. I know we need to have a decision time because you never know what God's going to do. The altar's open tonight. If you're here tonight, you've never trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, we want to invite you, as a church family, we want to invite you to come. I'll, I'll be waiting down front. I've got the Word here, and I'll be glad to show you, just like my pastor did 36 years ago, what the Bible says about following Jesus Christ. We'd be glad to do that. Perhaps you're here tonight, and God spoke to your heart about joining our fellowship. We can do that tonight. Perhaps you'd like to recommit your life to Jesus Christ tonight. We can do that tonight. Maybe just want someone to pray with you. We don't have deacons come forward, but I've got several here tonight, and their hearts beat would be to come and pray with you um, tonight. And if you want to come and have somebody pray with you, that can happen tonight. Maybe you want to come tonight and just get ready for the week. Get ready for the week, whatever God has in store for you. This decision time is whatever God wants it to be for you tonight. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the privilege once again of sharing your word. Thank you, God, for challenging us and calling us to worship you. And Jesus, as the song says, we worship you not because of what you've done, but because of who you are. You are Redeemer. You are Savior. You are Lord. You are King. You are Creator. You are our everything. And we praise you for that. Have your way in our hearts tonight. And Jesus, I pray this in your name.